In our study through Leviticus, we have come to the great day of atonement, this place of healing. And now we are seeing in the, in the following chapters how it is that God's people are called to live in holiness before Him. We come this morning to Leviticus chapter 18. We'll read our sermon text first. And then we're actually going to read two New Testament passages. The first is printed in your bulletin, which is Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 28. And then the second that I've added is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. So that is uh, going to be our scripture reading uh, with your Bibles open to Leviticus chapter 18. In honor of God's word, please stand. Leviticus chapter 18, beginning in verse 1, hear God's word. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt, where you lived. And you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan, to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. None of you shall approach any one of his close relatives to uncover nakedness. I am the Lord. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your sister, your father's daughter, Or your mother's daughter, whether brought up in the family or in another home, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your son's daughter or of your daughter's daughter, for their nakedness is your own nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife's daughter, brought up in your father's family, since she is your sister. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister, she is your father's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is your mother's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother. That is, you shall not approach his wife. She is your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and of her daughter. You shall not take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are relatives. It is depravity. And you shall not take a woman as a rival wife to her sister, uncovering her nakedness while her sister is still alive. You shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness while she is in her menstrual uncleanness. And you shall not lie sexually with your neighbor's wife and so make yourself unclean with her. You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. And you shall not lie with any animal and so make yourself unclean with it. Neither shall any woman give herself to an animal to be with it. It is perversion. Do not make yourselves unclean by any of these things. For by all these, the nations I am driving out before you have become unclean. And the land became unclean so that I punished its iniquity. And the land vomited out its inhabitants. But you shall keep my statutes and my rules and do none of these abominations. 
either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. For the people of the land who were before you did all of these abominations, so that the land became unclean. Lest the land vomit you out when you make it unclean as it vomited out the nation which was before you. For everyone who does any of these abominations, the persons who do them shall be cut off from among their people. So keep my charge never to practice any of these abominable customs that were practiced before you and never to make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord, your God. As far in the reading of God's word, please turn to Romans chapter 1 and we'll be reading verses 18 through 28 and continuing in the reading of God's word. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his external, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up normal relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing in themselves... acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. As far in the reading of God's word, and now please turn finally to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, Be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Thus far in the reading of God's word, let us pray. Almighty God, as we have read this horrible word, this frightening and terrible word, Lord, reveal to us our own sin and our glorious Savior, the one who heals and brings life. In Christ's name, amen. Please be seated. Our passage, obviously, this morning addressed things that Paul says in Ephesians should not even be named. As we read down that list, as we read through that passage, 
you see these horrible, horrible acts that have one thing at their core. There's one thing that really unites all of these acts. And that is that they are the deepest betrayals. They're the deepest hurts. They betray at a level that is unspeakable. There's one other thing they have in common, and that is, it's a grotesque list of all the ways we violate the seventh commandment. Do not commit adultery. As we look at this passage this morning, I want to see out of this, I want to see how it is first that God's law guides and condemns and judges. God's law here. Secondly, God's judgment upon wickedness. God's judgment. And then thirdly, from the passage here, the living way. The first is God's law. Our larger catechism, question 72, says, what are the sins forbidden in the seventh commandment? And the answer is that the sins forbidden in the seventh commandment are all unchaste thoughts, words, and actions. That's an old English way, unchaste, think of chastity, think of purity. Anything that is sexually impure in thought, in word, or in action is forbidden by the seventh commandment. And as you think of all of this list that we have just read of the disgusting, perverted, abominable ways, it shows you and me the reality of that leprosy. You, 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 thought, you thought Moses was just doing... Word pictures here? You, you, you thought this was just a, 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 a long, boring diatribe on the Pentateuch? Moses has said, God through Moses has said, you have leprosy. And you don't understand just how bad this is. It boils up from within. And by the time it is manifest on your skin, it has destroyed your life. It has defined your circumstances. It has defined your family, your relations. It's defined you. But beloved, there is a healer. And now as we look to this grotesque list, That God says, you and I are not to have any part of. What are we looking at except 
the grotesque moral leprosy. The horrible things that people do to one another. And I think at the problem, or at the, at the root of the problem here, at the root of this problem, you have over against one another, you have, and, and remember, this is all taking place at Sinai. The children of Israel, camped around the plains of Sinai, are hearing from Exodus chapter 18 all the way to Numbers chapter 9. This is a year in their life and a year camped at the foot of the mountain of God. Thunder and lightning and rumblings for a year. And at the foot of this mountain of God, they hear the word of God saying, you shall not commit adultery. And then over here, they've got this grotesque list. And did you notice it's what's practiced in Egypt and it's what will be practiced in Canaan. It's the culture. It's just how things are. And God says, this is an abomination. And I think at the heart of our problem is the question for so many of us is not how holy can one person be? How close can I get to Christ Jesus? The question more often than not is how close can I get to the line without crossing? How much sin can I tolerate? How much corruption can I tolerate? And let me give you a very sobering example. An opportunity for you and me to examine our own hearts. As you read that Leviticus 18, did you feel like maybe your ears needed to be bleached? And yet, how much of your news headlines and how much of your entertainment is filled with the narratives of brutality and perversion? The gross, the dark. How much of that do we laugh at because it's a comic? How much of that do we stand aside and look at and wave our fingers or whatever? How much of that that Paul says should not even be named among us enters into the house that would seek to wall its covenant children off most perfectly? It's the atmosphere. It's in the air. It's all around us, the death the darkness, and the destruction. The seed is with our own hearts. Beloved, the call to avoid all of that nasty is chastity in thought, in word, 
and an action. That's a simple recipe. It's a simple solution. And yet, think of your news headlines. Chastity in thought, word, and action. God's law binds all the nations. You'll notice in his commentary here, or in his, in his comments here, God says, because of this, the land itself is disgusted. Because of this, the land itself is about to vomit the Canaanites out. You're not going in to wipe out the Canaanites. You're going in to be the purging agent for what the land itself is doing. That's the revulsion. The revulsion with which you and I better see this grotesque abuse, this grotesque betrayal. Beloved, you and I had better also see it within our own hearts. You and I had also better see that the stains of this leprosy are deep within us. Because secondly, upon this vileness comes God's judgment. The land itself, repeatedly, we see in the passage, the land became unclean so that I punished its iniquity. The land vomited out its inhabitants. This passage rightly uses, and when we refer to God's judgment, it rightly uses the harshest language. Did you hear that word abomination over and over, especially there at the end of the passage? This is an abomination. This is abominable. Our own day and our own culture, how different? How different are we today? How how different are we today in terms of these abominable practices? Beloved, there is death that is out there. It is real. It is grotesque. But all of these things become background noise. All this dark perversion, all of this ugly, comes up, dwells, rises up from a leprous heart, rises up from within, becomes the God that we would create to replace the Almighty God, that we would fashion in our own image, becomes our own idol. And then itself consumes and destroys. In Ephesians 5, Paul says that these things are not even to be named among you. But he doesn't just leave it there with the negative. He flips and then says, and here's the positive. Instead... Let the word of God dwell in you richly, giving thanks always in every circumstance. The the, the rest of the exhortations of Ephesians 5 and 6 and how it, it, it envelops our families 
It envelops our marriages. It envelops our children. It envelops the relationships with our employers and employees. The way in which integrity and the changed heart, the new heart, transforms all that we are. Begins with an absolute recognition, renunciation, that this leprous heart is yours, beloved. This leprous heart is mine. There is not a thing that stands between you and the most ugly and vicious of acts except the grace of God, except His redeeming power, except His sanctifying power. And so because He will work in us that which is pleasing in His sight, Because He will conform His bought and redeemed children. Because He will conform you unto the mind of Christ. You and I are able to see this disgusting perversion, reject it in its entirety from our own heart, in our own words, and certainly in our actions. And find ourselves back here in verse 5. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. Beloved, do you see in your own heart this leprosy? And it may not be a particular one of these. But this is just the seventh commandment. This is is simply God saying, here's how the seventh commandment can be broken. How about how the fifth commandment can be broken? How about how the sixth? Jesus will go on. If you hate your brother... You've committed murder. This is is not my words adding to the text. This always comes from the heart. God is always calling the Israelite to recognize the leprosy, recognize their own sin, recognize their own corruption, and turn to Him. Look to the lamb. Look to the bull. Look to the offering. Look to the washing of the priest. Look to all of the means of grace that He's given to you and to me. Beloved, there is an answer. There is one who heals and who cleanses this. Did you hear that in Paul's message in 1 Corinthians? Such were some of you. But you've been washed and sanctified. The one who sees their leprous heart. The one who looks at this and says, yeah, yeah, I've probably watched something and laughed at this. I've probably rolled my eyes. 
the one who looks and sees their own leprosy is the one who can look and see your healer. And beloved, if you are in Him, if you are clinging to this Jesus Christ, if you are united to Him, that promise of God is that He will conform you unto the image of Jesus Christ. And so that this very leprosy itself is purged and cleansed. The way of life that God calls us to in verse 5, Israel didn't keep. You read in Ezekiel how God, the land, vomited them out. I will say one final thing, and that is the only time that you see this language again in the New Testament It's in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 16. Where Jesus Christ himself says to the lukewarm church. I wish you were hot or cold. Because you're lukewarm, I will spew you. I will vomit you. Out of my mouth. The same passion that He has for you, the same love that He has for you, He calls forth from you. And beloved, our eyes are weak. Our our passions are frail. We make sugar pain promises, Mary Poppins would say, easily made and easily broken. We have moments of revival. We have moments in which we purpose. To not do that again. And yet we do. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Beloved, that flesh is now unveiled. But he is still the risen Jesus Christ. And he is the one who took upon himself your own leprosy. All that list of just the seventh commandment. Not even the first, the second, or the third, etc. All that list of all the ways that you and I are evil, evil, he took. He took it upon himself. And he said, I will take your evil and I'll be ripped apart because of it. I will go with joy to the cross and I will bear the judgment of God because I will redeem for myself a bride. Beloved, he takes broken sinners and he heals and he gives food and nourishment. And He gives you and me the way of life to walk therein. Heavenly Father, may our lives be sweet and may our words be nourishing. 
May our thoughts and actions be yours and yours alone. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.